Good morning, my friends at Old South Church. It's so good to see you and to be with you today. Would you pray with me? God, we pray that you will pour out your word, the word of the good news into our hearts in these dark times. Oh God, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable to you for you are our Lord, our strength, and our Redeemer. Amen. So this morning, we're going to focus in on Romans 12, 2. Be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your minds, so that you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. We're talking about my friend Paul, the Apostle Paul, is portrayed as a very complex and sometimes troubling individual. As a Jew, Paul is at odds with the popular culture of the Mediterranean world, and his belief in one God would set him apart. Many ancient writers didn't have good things to write about Paul. He was a Jew, or to, to write things about the Jewish people. Their belief in one God made them a square peg in a round cultural hole of the Greco-Roman world. When all is said and done though, Paul holds up a mirror of God's love. His letter to the sisters and brothers in Rome, which is the seat of the Roman Empire, the eternal city, lays out Paul's instructions for how Christians can live in shark-infested waters. I say shark-infested waters because Christianity is not a state-sanctioned religion at the time that Paul is writing. But Paul has a mountaintop faith that calls us to scale the spiritual heights of God's love for us and God's love in us. Paul points us to the highest hope for Christian living. So in these days when we feel like we're walking in the valley of the shadow of death with the loss of George Floyd and Justice Ginsburg and John Lewis and Chadwick Boseman and over 220,000 people who have died due to COVID, Paul reminds us that it's neither death nor life nor angels nor rulers, not anything present nor depths or anything in creation that will separate us from the love of God. When it seems like things keep going from bad to worse, from the promises of a vaccine to the hate mongers who are threatening voters to the name calling from the highest office of our government to the 500 children that were separated from their parents at the border and now the government is unable to, to reunite the children with the parents. Paul encourages us and reminds us that all things work for good of those who love God. All those who have been called according to his purpose. Yes, there is a divine plan and God is always at work. So Paul has laid out the perfect plan for how we are to live the Christian life. And then we come to the words in the 12th chapter of Romans. Challenging words for us. 
do not be conformed to this world, but transformed by the renewing of your minds so that you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Do not conform to this world, Christians. This is tough advice because we all want to fit in and be part of the crowd. Our culture has unconsciously conditioned our minds and our feet to move to the beat of the status quo. And our behavior is rewarded for staying on the path. When it comes to racial concerns, voices and forces off or urge too many to choose the path of least resistance, privilege and comfort. For many of our Christian white brothers and sisters it's comfortable to remain in one's own echo chamber where one's assumptions and beliefs can remain unchallenged and even supported. Earlier this summer, thousands and thousands of Americans poured into the streets in anger and frustration over the senseless death of George Floyd and Breonna Taylor. Their killing at the hands of the police and white vigilantes sparked an outcry against racism not seen in this country since the civil rights movement of the 1960s. Books such as White Fragility and How to Be an Anti-Racist flew off the bookshelves. More of my white brothers and sisters seemed to admit the deep-seated structural racism did not end when Jim Crow was banished. They admitted that the coronavirus revealed deep structural racism that is woven into the very fabric of our society from healthcare to education and even in the church. But where are the crowds now? A recent Pew report showed that white support for Black Lives Matter movement has slipped over the past months. Support has dropped from 60% in June down to 45 in October. Many people of privilege have gone back to their normal lives and routines, while our black and brown and our black and brown sisters and brothers don't have the luxury to leave the front lines of the march because racism, America's original sin, continues to rain and to pour down on all of us. And even though the crowds are gone, there is a sense of urgency in our communities to stop the systematic murder of black people by police brutality. No longer are people willing to sit back and pretend that it just didn't happen. So Paul's instructions not to conform to this world, but to be transformed by the renewing of, by renewing of our minds so that we might discern what the will of God is, what is good, what is acceptable, what is perfect. Those words are a challenge anytime, but particular in this season of racial unrest. On Reformation Sunday, more than ever, this world needs a revolutionary Christianity. Martin Luther, Martin Luther sparked a, a reformation that forever split the Christian church. And his namesake, the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King in 1968, called for the church to inspire the world 
through genuine radical revolution of human values that would decry the spirit of white supremacy. He called for unconditional love of all people. He called for the church to look uneasily and with righteous indignation on the sin of racism. For such a time as this, for the church of God to be the voice of resistance and hope and reconciliation, it can't be caught up in conformity. God calls our church out of the crowd and calls it to be accountable before God for the proclamation of the good news to all people. The church of God must be uncomfortable in the world to fulfill that mandate. It must be countercultural, it must be multicultural, and it must be willing to get into good trouble, necessary trouble, as John Lewis would say. And it needs to break its silence around race. When all this is done, the church will be on the no-fly list at the airport. This will be a church of interest. Paul's words are not easy to digest, my friends, but they're necessary. Because through our baptism, we are made new in Jesus Christ. We have a higher calling than this world. We can no longer be caught up in disregarding the color of skin, the skin that each of us are wrapped in. We shouldn't be afraid to see the beautiful shades of color that God has created and wrapped us in. I believe that we can only live together when we see the image of God, holy, precious, in one another. Each of us was counted by Jesus Christ as worthy the cross on Calvary. This is the very depth of God's love for us. The work that we're doing in this congregation to dismantle racism is uncomfortable, it's difficult, it's exciting, and it's commendable. Through conversations, trainings, reading, and prayer, we're starting on a journey to do something that is very important. And the goal of this work is to enhance our Christian fellowship at Old South Church, no matter your color or skin. The work that's being done right now through Grace Speaks invites us all, black, white, brown, red, yellow, mixed races, to stretch our faith and our spiritual muscles so that we can grow in God's spirit and grace. And you know what? Grow to be the people that God wants us to be. We are standing in the center of racism as a predominantly white congregation, as a Christian endeavor. By standing in the center of racism, we are talking about it. We are getting into the center of things. And in the center of things, there's an opportunity to become mindful of how far some of us might be from that center. By being in the center of things, there's an opportunity for truth-telling, soul-searching, 
confronting history, acknowledging racist structures, and creating a common language to talk about racism and white privilege. We believe that by authentically engaging in this work with our heart and soul, confession, healing, redemption will be possible. And with, with God's help, action. So the good news this morning is that God has set us on a path so that we, Old South Church, will be on the no-fly list, that we will be so countercultural and counter-revolutionary that we will be a church of interest. We are preparing ourselves to engage with God on a lifelong journey of learning about ourselves, but learning how to trust God in every situation and circumstance of our life. The gifts of the Spirit that Paul talks about in Galatians are available to us. The gift of joy, the gift of love, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control hold the promise of being treasured resources for us Christian people. This journey is riddled of any changes with risk and challenge. And God didn't promise to take those things away from us, our fears, our anxieties and frustrations, but what God has promised us is to be with us in every situation and every challenge of our life. Do not be conformed to this world but be transformed by the renewing of your minds so that you, so that we together may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Amen. <laughs>